0: This is an RNZ podcast.
1: Back in April, when the entire country was deep in level four lockdown, the nation's media bosses fronted up to a special session of Parliament's Pandemic Response Committee. And those whose companies depended upon commercial revenue were in something of a state of shock and pleading for the government's help. More than one of them said that advertising revenue had fallen off a cliff, and it was anyone's guess when or if things would pick up again. The media industry, of course, also had big problems before COVID-19 struck. A patient with pre-existing conditions was the finance minister's prognosis, and pundits and business analysts at that time were pondering the prospect of big names in news media falling over entirely. Media company NZME, which owns The Herald and half the country's radio stations, cut 250 jobs, Radio Sport and its community newspapers, and cut the pay of its staff to stay afloat. However, last Tuesday, NZME unveiled end-of-year financial results which were much better than expected. There was even something of a surge in people signing up for digital subscriptions, now paying for premium content online. And Chief Executive Michael Boggs told reporters that NZME will invest in further business journalism and in regional journalism, specifically in Wellington and Christchurch. And Michael Boggs even made this bold financial forecast.
0: Based on uh, you know the trends that we're currently seeing, and as long as those continue into next year, we would expect to deliver profit growth for the next financial year.
1: And shares in NZME, which were worth 30 cents before their results were unveiled, went up to 45 cents over the next 24 hours. Now state-owned TBNZ also released its annual results the same day. TVNZ made an after-tax loss of $25.8 million, which was down from a $2.9 million profit the year before. But in spite of the ad revenue falling off a cliff in the final quarter, TVNZ's operating revenue was $311 million for the year, which was actually an increase on the financial year ending in June 2019. TVNZ ended this financial year with more than $52 million in the bank, which is $18 million more than this time last year. And last week, the Minister of Broadcasting, Communications and Digital Media, Chris Farfoy, told reporters that that second rescue package for the media never made it to Cabinet. We weren't able to reach consensus with our support partners, he said, and in any case, he said that the level of support needed has changed since lockdown, as media companies were doing better than expected.
2: Uh, financial reports that are coming out today, um, some media companies have done better than expected, so it's, it's a bit of a balancing exercise too, to make sure that we support, um, but also being, um, you know, the good custodians of taxpayers' money as well.
1: Now after that, Chris Farfoy was also asked how he felt about media companies such as NZME, who'd taken the government's help and assistance and wage subsidies, but still made journalists redundant.
2: Well, they made some of their decisions about sacking journalists uh, pre the wage subsidy being available, is my understanding. The likes of Radio Sport was done very early on in the piece and they said they were already going to do that. But a whole number of um, uh, companies... Uh, use the wage subsidy to support themselves um, at the end of the day each company is going to have to answer for their own actions as to how they utilise that and uh, whether or not uh, they can face the public scrutiny of, of whether or not um, they've used, um, they've run their business to make sure that they can justify accessing the wage su- subsidy and, and their other actions but um, as we know um, every one of those media companies has faced challenges over the, the next six months and will probably continue to do for the next 12 months.
1: TBNZ's annual accounts for the last financial year also reveal that there's $30 million of public money available to the business should conditions worsen substantially. So, is this media crisis actually over? A question for TBNZ's chief executive, Kevin Kenrick.
0: Well, I think we're better prepared to confront what's going to come next. None of us have a crystal ball in terms of what the future is going to be and whether there's going to be future lockdown restrictions. But, you know, we are well better prepared to cope with that um, as and when that that unfolds in the year ahead.
1: In June, you responded with a change in business structure that uh, would result in um, something between 70 and 90 redundancies. At that time, you were saying TBNZ's revenue dropped 30% and you expected to uh, gradually recover momentum over the next 18 months. So has it all actually uh, happened a lot faster than you thought it would?
0: You know, in the month of April, our advertising revenue dropped by thirty three percent, and in the month of May it dropped by twenty seven percent, you know so that you've then got a lot of cost that you need to pull out of a business to offset that sort of decline. We saw a recovery in June where the decline in revenue was sixteen percent. So about half what we saw in the previous two months, that momentum, that positive recovery momentum flowed through into July, where we were getting single digit declines in revenue. We were feeling pretty optimistic, pretty positive, and then all of a sudden we went into another lockdown
1: phase. Yeah, but in terms of your revenue, it's roughly the same this financial year as the previous one. Um, I mean, did you need to go into that big restructure, lose those people um, in June?
0: The, The overall number looks relatively stable. What it masks is underneath that, there were some pretty dramatic differences between the first nine and the last three months.
1: Well, you also referred to having um, – there's around 50 – or over $50 million in the bank. There's also the government saying $30 million if conditions worsen. uh, You can draw on funding there. But, I mean, do you need it, that uh, safety net from the the state?
0: The absolute decline in advertising revenue in that fourth quarter was roughly $20 million. If you're going backwards at the rate of $20 million a quarter, you'd chew through $50 million worth of cash pretty quickly – However, we don't expect to draw down on that um, facility. It's, it's essentially there as a safety net. We are forecasting to manage the business within the cash reserves that we've got.
1: Well, the Minister of Broadcasting said things are better than expected. Uh, no need for the second package. And in, in, in effect, they couldn't get the coalition partners to agree on it anyway. But is he right? There is actually no need for a, a second kind of bailout rescue package?
0: Well, I think it all comes down to what you believe the future is going to look like. If you imagine a situation where New Zealand goes back into multi-week or multi-month severe lockdown restrictions, I think that there will be challenges not just for the media industry, but for most industries and for the economy as a whole. If you believe that we've seen the worst of this and we're not going to go back into those severe lockdown restrictions, his view is probably more likely.
1: According to government policy, as it is at the moment for this new public media entity, TVNZ itself would kind of cease to exist by 2023. Uh, so you said in the statement TVNZ will preserve the core capabilities required to support the government's future public media objectives. So are there what are the core things that you need to retain because you think well much as we might like to do this to save costs and uh, you know boost the commercial nature of our business, we better not do that because the government might need it for some future public media entity.
0: Well, I think the thing that is is most valued by the government for its public media aspirations would be local content. Um, So that's both the news content and also the local entertainment content, um, which also supports the local production environment in terms of employment and jobs and keeping people in the creative sector. So there's that side of it. There's also... um, some infrastructure capability that we've got in terms of the distribution and the production of content. When you start looking at cutting costs, what we've been guided to do is to cut costs in areas that wouldn't inhibit the future public
1: media objectives. Well, Kevin, when we spoke about this time last year, um, at that point, the government had effectively given you the signal you you don't need to provide a dividend, put it back into production. And at that time, you said one of the things we, the public can expect for this foregone dividend would be a big ramping up of local content. And one analysis of, of your results this week described a, a $4 million increased investment in local content as puny. Has there been a ramping up of the local content? Yeah,
0: I think um, if you look at the first nine months of the year, the pre-COVID phase, there was absolutely a ramping up of that. And then we hit this judder bar called COVID, which has dramatically impacted supply of content and production capability. But Um, but that's only in the the last quarter
1: of that financial year, though, isn't it, Kevin? If you were saying, you know, August of 2019, you didn't have to provide a dividend and that would go back into what you described as a big Jump in local content provision. If, if only four million dollars was spent in the last year, that that wouldn't have backed up what you were saying back then, would it?
0: Well, what you, what you find is there's a lead time associated with when you come up the come up with the idea of a show. You go through pre-production, production, post-production, then you get to distribute that. You know, we started that in July of last year. You know, and we were working through that and we had quite a slate of content coming through, but you're not able to produce in a, you know, restrictive lockdown environment. And what's more, we needed to cut costs to ensure the commercial sustainability of the business. And one of our single biggest, or in fact, our single biggest cost is content. So we did stomp on the brakes and we pulled that back.
1: Uh, even before the COVID crisis, Kevin, you, and you weren't alone in this, um, were saying that we needed Consolidation, although it was inevitable across the media industry, too many companies chasing uh, a, a finite uh, local audience. As yet, in the post-COVID times, it's just been the um, the Bauer Media Magazine Company that's you know exited the market of established names. Do you think in the in the next um, financial year there will be big names that that drop out of the market as you are predicting, and indeed um, you seem to think would would be a good thing?
0: Across the sector, there's a number of players that are surviving. There's very few that I'd say that are thriving. COVID has just accelerated those. Um, you know, there needs to be some resolution of that. And, and I would compare and contrast what's happening in the New Zealand marketplace versus the Australian one. In Australia, the regulatory environment has actually encouraged and facilitated market consolidation. In New Zealand, we've we've had decisions that have come through the Commerce Commission that have actually inhibited them. In Australia, what you've got is. The government advancing legislation to level the playing field between the global digital players and the local players, particularly the news media, I'd say something still has to give.
1: The Chief Executive of TVNZ, Kevin Kenrick.